let's get into the Word of God. You guys cool with that? Yeah. Come on now. How many of you have ever heard teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit before? You have heard teaching on it uh, or the Holy Spirit in general, okay? So that means, okay, if you've never heard it before, let me hear, let me see your hand in the air. You've never heard teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what it is, okay? So some people are lying, obviously. Okay, here we go. All right. <laughs> 8.30 did the same thing, okay? It, it's okay, guys. Like, we can work together. We're going to preach this together today. So uh, let me put it this way, I guess. How many of you have, um, maybe you have heard or you haven't heard teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit before, uh, but you're just confused about it? You know what I mean? You're like, I don't really know what this is all about. Um, maybe you're confused about the speaking in tongues. You're like, that seems weird, you know, or um, just not really sure what it means or what it's for, or like, you're just kind of unsure. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, it, does it make you nervous? Raise your hand. Come on now. Oh, some of y'all be lying in this place. It's okay. Just be honest. Now you're going to have to repent for the sin of lying. <laughs> and then we can preach about the Holy Spirit. My goodness. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, I was, I was one of those people back in the day. Okay, I went to a Lutheran high school and a charismatic church at the same time. Very confusing for me as a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid. And I didn't really feel like I fit into any of the groups. And I, I heard teachings on this. And there were things that were conflicting for me. And I just didn't make any sense to me. And I feel like God has given me, uh, over, the, over the years, a better understanding about the Holy Spirit, who he is. He's a person, right? How he works and operates. And, and so today, the title of the message is simply this. We're finally to Pentecost. We've been going through the book of Acts We'll be in the book of Acts this whole year, which is crazy. We've never done anything like that before, but uh, the word that God gave me was supernatural for our church for this year. That's our word, supernatural. Come on, somebody say it with me. Say, supernatural. There it is. Come on now. And so we're doing it uh, the whole year where we're going after the presence of God. We're going after the supernatural power of God uh, in your life and in your family and through you for the people outside of this church. And so, um, so today, the title of the message is simply how to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to just open up your, uh, your mind and your heart to learn something new today and to increase your faith today. That's what I want to do is just build faith, build faith and build faith and build our understanding about what God wants to do in you and through you as a child of God. So many people teach um, that you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed in Jesus, okay? Like, hey, I... I received my salvation, and now I have the Holy Spirit. And they would be correct. That is true. When you believe in Jesus, you do receive the Holy Spirit. And this is what we would call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit that marks you forever. But I, I'm, today I'm going to show you what God's Word says about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is a separate and distinct experience. And really, if you want to put it this way, there's three baptisms. There's salvation, water, and spirit. When you get saved... You receive the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized, you're baptized in water. Okay, there's the water baptism. Old man is gone. New man has come. Old creation, new creation, right? That's what that represents. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which happens in Acts chapter 2. So Paul in Ephesians says that we're baptized into one baptism, though. And now that can be kind of confusing sometimes for people. They're like, well, hold on. There's one baptism, not three or two or four or 62. Like how many baptisms? Paul says, well, there's one. And what he's saying right there is he's saying, hey, guys, there's one faith. There's one baptism. We were all baptized into the same faith together. 
Like we're all believers in Jesus. That's what he's saying is that you're all in this together. He was talking about unity in the body of Christ. He wasn't talking about that there's only one baptism. He's saying, hey, there's one baptism of salvation and faith. We're all in this thing together. Talking about unity, okay? And then there's baptism in water, baptizing the spirit. Here's the deal. Many of us live like the thief on the cross. He only received what? The first one, salvation. What does Jesus say to him when he's on the cross? And the, the, the thief says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he says, today you will be with me. Where? In paradise. You'll be in heaven with me. Was he baptized in water? No. Was he baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. Did he go to heaven that day? Absolutely he did. Now I understand that that's before Jesus technically died, right? And so Jesus' blood had not been poured out and he hadn't died and resurrected yet. So it's still old covenant. And I understand all of that. But many people today... With Jesus being resurrected, seated at the right hand of the Father, y'all still be living like the thief on the cross. Only one. You get your salvation. Some people that are believers don't even get baptized in water, and yet it's extremely, extremely important for us to do. It's commanded throughout Scripture. But then even more importantly, almost, I would say, is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and to be empowered to be a witness, not just uh, for your family, but for the world around you, for God to be able to speak through you and to touch people in your life with the power of God. And so many Christians get saved, they get baptized, and they stop right there. And you have no power, no authority in Jesus Christ. But pastor, I was taught that we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus. Like I said, that's true. Let me show you. John 20, 21 through 22, it says again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. With that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus was standing in front of you, and he was like, okay. <laughs> this is probably a little bit more, it's probably, it probably a little bit better than that. It's like a little like nice breath, you know what I mean? Lindsay says I'm a puffer. I know you have puffers at night, like when you be sleeping, and you're just like, and just like puffing her face, you know what I mean? She's like, boy, you better flip yourself right on over <laughs> and turn over. I feel like it's probably a little more smooth than that. But if Jesus was in front of you, and he breathes on you and says, receive the Holy Spirit, would you assume that you have now received the Holy Spirit? Yes. Okay, the answer is yes. It's not a trick question. Yes. All right. So then in Acts 1, 4 through 5, it says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But wait a second, Jesus. I thought we had already received the Holy Spirit when you did the breathe thing, which was a little weird, but then you said receive the Holy Spirit. I thought we already received the Holy Spirit. Why do we have to wait for the Holy Spirit if we've already received the Holy Spirit? That doesn't make any sense. Why do we need to wait for something that we've already received? Well, if you think about it, then that would mean that it would have to be some kind of a separate experience. It'd have to be something different. You receive the Holy Spirit, but then you need to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit as well. It's a second experience. So let's go through the disciples' journey. The disciples are saved in John chapter 20. We just read it. He breathes, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the disciples' born-again experience. This is when they're saved. The, the same way that God breathed life into Adam, right? That's what the Word of God says in Genesis. He breathes life into Adam. The same way Jesus now breathes new life into his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is a just fancy way of saying, hey, now you are a temple of the 
Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within you and lives within me. When we say yes to Jesus, he comes and takes up residence within us. And then what's interesting is water baptism is usually the next thing that follows. And yet it doesn't share anywhere in the gospels or the book of Acts that the disciples were ever baptized. It doesn't ever say that they were or that they weren't. It's just inferred that they were, right? Obviously, they would have been baptized. It's interesting that it's such an important thing in Scripture, and it doesn't share that with us. Maybe because it was so obvious that they were baptized that they didn't even feel like they needed to write it down. Honestly, that's probably what it was. So we know that they were water baptized. But then there's in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. We talked about it last week where they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what is this? This is when it says they were all together in one room, about 120, all in a small room, praying for 10 days, believing and waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come. They didn't know what was gonna happen and yet they knew that Jesus told them to wait and to pray. And so they prayed together and it says the room was shaken around them. It's like the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes inside of the room. And it says what looked like tongues of fire separated above their heads. They all start speaking in tongues. They were like, what is this, right? They go outside and then they're speaking in tongues in these different languages and all the people around are saying, hey, they're praising God in my own language, but they obviously don't know this language. They could tell based off of their complexion, probably based off what they were wearing. Jerusalem was a, a Mecca of many different religions and many different nationalities. People very much like New York City or Los Angeles, like you're gonna hear different languages all the time, different looking people, different sounding people. The way they dress is different. And so they go outside and they're like, hey, you are from here. How do you know my language from way far away? That doesn't make sense. And another person, hey, this guy's speaking my language though. And they're all, it says that they're all praising God in these different languages. It's incredible. Peter gets up to preach, 3,000 people get saved that day. But what is the most important thing there is that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled with power for God to be a witness for others, for Jesus. Amen? Jesus said, you'll receive power to be my, and, and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus said. So when you're saved, you become a new person. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within you. You're water baptized. Old man is gone. New man has come. And then you're baptized in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives within you. But man, now, man, I need the Holy Spirit to be not just within me, but to be all around me and flowing out of me, right? Like I want the power, the dunamis power of God that we talked about a few weeks ago. That's explosive. That the miracle working power of God, like the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives within me. And I'm going to walk around and do the same things that Jesus did. He said that we would. He said that it was possible. And yet many times, believers, we just settle for the first baptism of salvation, and we don't walk around with any power and authority, even though Jesus said that he had all of it, and he wanted to give it to us. We have no power, no authority. No, no, no. We don't want to live like that today. So Luke eleven thirteen 13, it says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So my question is, and I'm going to ask this question a few times, why do you have to ask for the Holy Spirit if it's automatic right when you get saved? Why would you ask? That doesn't make any sense. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Philip the evangelist goes and preaches to the Samaritans, and a whole bunch of people get saved, and this is what happens. I'm going to take you through a few examples in the book of Acts 
of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me share it with you. This is Philip the Evangelist um, going back to tell the apostles what happened. In Acts chapter 8, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So who are they talking to right now? Are they believers? What does it say? Are they believers? Yes. yes. You can preach with me, guys. It's all good, okay? They're, they're believers. That they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. So they are believers. They have not received the Holy Spirit, though. And they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So what do we learn from this? That you, they are believers that had not received the power and authority and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the same way that the other believers had already received. Okay? It says they had not, had not come on any of them yet, but they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's not John's baptism, because that's a separate thing. But Jesus' baptism, they have been baptized, they believe in Jesus. And yet they had not received the power of the Holy Spirit yet. So then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So were they saved? Yes. Had they been baptized? Yes. Had they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, they had not. How many of you today, saved, baptized, have not received the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet? Many. Okay? And so today, that gets to change. Praise God. In Acts chapter 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, don't freak out. It's going to be fine. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. It's another example. Uh, there he found some disciples. Uh, how do they know they were disciples? They usually dressed in a certain way. They had kind of garments that would identify them as disciples. Maybe he just started talking to them, but why would he just talk to these random people? That's probably how he knew. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, and what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Here's a question that Paul asked, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If it was automatic, why would he ask that question? That doesn't make sense. Think about it. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, for sure. But this baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. We don't even know what you're talking about. Well, they had also just believed in John. They had, to be, they had to believe in Jesus too, right? Like they believed that there was one to come, but they didn't know who it was. They hadn't even heard. And so he tells them about Jesus. They believe then in Jesus, and then they're baptized. And then after that, Paul places his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit comes on them, and they speak in tongues and prophesy. You see that there's this different progression. They believe, baptize, then Holy Spirit comes, right? Okay. But then it says this. They're speaking in tongues in there. Come on now. <laughs> Good Lord. Did I tell you I would need a new building? Anyway, I think I did. 
By the way, I've been fasting for the last seven days. I think the last three days I'm going to do a juice fast and a water fast. We'll see how that goes. If I get too grumpy, she might cut it short. <laughs> anyway, Holy Spirit, help me. Here's another one in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a Gentile. Uh, he has this dream, and Peter comes and visits him, all right? Gentile just means he wasn't a Jew. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Let me give the context. I forgot to do that. Peter's preaching to these people that don't know anything about Jesus. He had just started to preach, just started to teach them about Jesus and what he had done. And it's like three minutes into his sermon, five minutes into his message, communicating with these people, the Holy Spirit comes on these people, okay? It says, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in their way of being baptized in water. They received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So this is a little different, right? Because what's the usual progression for this? Believe, baptize in water, baptize in the Holy Spirit. Believe, baptize in water, baptize in the Holy Spirit. But yet, this one is a little funky because it says they believed. And then literally as he was still preaching, like it'd be like right now in the middle of this message, as I'm just starting to talk to you, somebody just starts speaking in tongues like crazy and gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like that's basically what happened in that moment with him. So they believe, then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and then he says, oh, man, I guess we should baptize them in water. They're obviously believers. They've obviously received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised us to wait for, that we would pray for. And we've received it as well. And now even the Gentiles have received it. Let's baptize these guys in water. They're believers. And so it's a little different because it goes in different ways. But so what does that teach me and what does that teach you? That the only prerequisite to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is what? Belief in Jesus Christ. Salvation through the blood of the Lamb. How do you receive salvation through Jesus? Man, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. You receive it by faith. Amen? When I was a kid, I just said, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I welcome you into my life and into my heart. And I was saved right then and there. Amen? And I know many of you and most of you have that same experience where you could go back to and remember that moment that you were saved by Jesus. How did you receive that? By faith. Did anything? Did lightning come down from heaven? No. Did fire come down from heaven in that moment? No. You received it by faith. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The same way. By faith. And we'll do that at the end. I'm just going to build your faith for a minute here. Okay, here we go. Here's another thing. You don't have to get cleaned up. I want to make sure you know that. The only prerequisite to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is believing in Jesus. Cornelius here, these dudes, okay, they were Gentiles. They didn't believe in God five minutes before they started preaching to him. Literally had just learned about Jesus. Do you think that they were cleaned up? 15 minutes before that, we don't know what they were doing. A week before that, you have no idea. 
And yet so many people don't want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you feel like you're barely even in this room today because you don't even feel worthy to be here today. Man, you are here for a reason and for a purpose. God has you here so that he can fill you with his spirit today. He saved you today. Come on, man, don't tell yourself that I don't deserve to be here because what you did last night or last week, man, God's going to change your life right here, right now. Stop thinking that mess. Anyway. The only manifestations of receiving the Holy Spirit that are mentioned are speaking in tongues and prophesying, okay? Um, and this is where a lot of people get hung up, to be honest, because it becomes all about tongues and not about Jesus anymore. Ugh. It becomes all about tongues and, and this gift of the Holy Spirit, and, and that's where people get kind of freaked out, and then that's where they stop and they say, actually, I don't really want that because that's weird. And so I'm going to resist and push back against the Holy Spirit because I don't want that to happen to me because I don't want to be a weirdo, okay? Listen, these are the only two things that are mentioned. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. That's the only way that they knew that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's how they figured it out. So there was some kind of physical evidence. There was some kind of, hey, this is obvious that these people have been baptized in the Spirit of God. But they'll build, people will build their entire theology around tongues, and it becomes about the tongues and not Jesus. What did, did Jesus say? Um, you will be clothed with tongues. No, he said, you'll be clothed with what? Power, power and authority. He said, in a few days, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'll speak in tongues. Like, that's not what he said. Like the disciples had no idea what was gonna happen when they got in the upper room. There's 120 people. They, they didn't even know what tongues was. All they were doing was praying for more of God, amen? They just wanted more of Jesus. They wanted to be closer to God. They, Jesus told them to wait and to pray, and they said, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to pray, actively waiting for God to do something in my life because I just need more of God. I need to be empowered by God. I don't know what this looks like, but then when the Holy Spirit comes, man, they start to speak in tongues. They hadn't, they hadn't been coached on that before. No one told them what was going to happen to them. He didn't say, you'll receive tongues. He said, you'll receive power in the name of Jesus when you receive the Holy Spirit. And I've seen people try to coach tongues before, and it is just awkward every time. <laughs> it's always at youth camp, you know? It's always at youth camp, and it's always like a 65-year-old woman that's doing it, you know? And I don't know why that is, but it's, all, it's the same thing every single time, right at the front. And there's just like this, this, this older, you know, spirit-filled lady, praise God for her, you know, but she's just like, you know, like trying to just say car manufacturers out loud. You know, you know you've heard it before, Pentecostal, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia, you know what I mean? You've heard that one before. <laughs> and um, it's like, oh, now speak it out. It's like, it's, it's if God did it or something like that. No, 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 listen, like, I, I don't need that. What I need is I need more of God. I need more of Jesus, you know? Like, the Holy Spirit points back to Jesus, and I just want to seek after him with everything that I have. That's all I want to do. It's not about the tongues. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the miracles and all that stuff. All that stuff is fantastic. It's great. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. And to be honest, I speak in tongues, me, Trevor, more than probably all of you. Be honest, maybe a couple of you, I don't know, but I speak in tongues all the time. And when I'm up here on the stage, I just don't, I'm not on the microphone, but during worship, I'm speaking in tongues, man. What is tongues? Tongues is simply your way of, your spirit is communicating with God's spirit. It's communicating directly with the heart of the Father. There's sometimes it says in God's word that, 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 that we don't even know what to pray. 
If you don't know what to pray and you feel like all hope is lost and you don't even know what to pray anymore, you say, I've said all the English words I know how to say. It says that your spirit groans within you, like that, that your spirit will connect with God himself. And there's sometimes I've just been blessing God and just loving on the Lord so much. I'm not thinking about tongues. I'm just thinking about God. I just love God. And I'm just blessing him. Lord, thank you for everything you've done in my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this, God, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then I just start speaking in tongues because like, I don't even know how to say it in English anymore. I can't even communicate what I want to communicate to God in my own native language. And that's what it's all about. It has nothing to do with the tongues itself. Even... And it's God who baptizes you, not a person. It doesn't matter who's praying for you. Peter and John went and prayed for people. That's fantastic. They had received the Holy Spirit, and so they knew what was going on. They knew how to pray for it, and they had a special grace for that. Absolutely. And I will pray for every single person that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right here at the front at the end of service. Does that mean that it's anything that I'm giving you? No, it's you and God. He gives you the gift. Jesus said, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you the gift of promise, the Holy Spirit. Did you know that Jesus prays for you? He already actually prayed for you. If you think that Jesus prayed for you to receive the Holy Spirit, if he prayed to the Father, do you think that the Father will answer his prayer? His prayer will be answered today, right here and right now. Amen? Today, at the end of this service, I'm telling you, man, he is going to answer that prayer for us today. When you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said it's better that I go and the Holy Spirit come. We've talked about this before. That doesn't make sense, right? Uh, you, You want... You're going to leave us, Jesus? No, don't leave. And he's like, no, 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 it's better that I leave. It's better because the Holy Spirit will come. When the Holy Spirit comes, you will have power and authority, the same power and authority that I have. You'll have that too. And you'll be able to walk and see miracles in your everyday life. You'll be able to, to get words of knowledge for people and speak life over people and encouragement over people in a way you've never had before. You'll be able to see physical bodies healed in the name of Jesus. Come on. Now, by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Come on, somebody. Do we believe that? Or is that just a good, fancy Christian catchphrase? I got two people in the front that do. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> do we believe that? Yes, yes we do. Come on. We get caught up on the tongues thing and on it's just Pentecostal church, whatever. It's weird. William Seymour was one of the greatest um, preachers and teachers in the early 1900s. It's called the Azusa Street Revival. If you've never heard of it before, it's what actually sparked the Pentecostal movement and um, many denominations, I guess, in in American church and all around the world were birthed out of what God did in a little house in California. This African-American preacher. Oh, man. He was filled with the Spirit of God, though. Miracles and signs and wonders. People being healed of crazy things. And so they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and people started speaking in tongues all over the place. It was crazy. There's tongues everywhere. It's wild. They're like, what's going on right now? It's crazy. But then it got to the point where, you know, the people are speaking in tongues and everything. And William Seymour said this, and I think it's so, so helpful for me and helpful for you today. He said at the end of one of their meetings, he said, you know what? Don't go out of here talking about tongues. Talk about Jesus. Don't go out of here talking about tongues. Talk about Jesus. 
What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? To point people to Jesus. Why did Jesus do the miracles that he did and the apostles do the miracles that they did? Yes, it's to heal their bodies. Yes, it's to show the love of the Father, right? But it's to point people to belief in Jesus Christ. That's the point of it. It's not about tongues. It's not about the gifts. It's not about are you a healer or a prophesier. I do not care. Do you tell people about Jesus? I can speak in the tongues of men and angels. But do you have love within you? Come on. Like, are you have a love for people around you, man? That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for. Come on. So today we're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what's going to happen to you. I'll tell you what happened to me. I was 15 years old on a playground by myself. And I was just praying for more of God. I had been saved since I was seven, but I just believed that there was more. I knew there was more. And I had seen in my Bible as I was reading it. Yes, I was 15 and reading my Bible, right? Come on now, students in the room, read your Bibles. And I was reading my Bible, and I saw that there was this gift of the Holy Spirit. And I didn't really know much about it, to be honest. I had gone to like a non-denominational church and like kind of talked about it a little bit, but not a whole lot. And I really didn't know what to expect. And so I was just praying by myself because I just loved God. And I'm just walking around the playground, 15 years old, by myself, asking God to baptize me in his Holy Spirit. And then, bam, I'm on the ground speaking in tongues. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. This is crazy. And I start speaking in tongues. I'm at a private Christian school, by the way, outside on the playground. My mom taught there as well. She taught pre-K and I was in eighth grade, I guess, or something like that. And so they bring me into the nurse's station. They thought I had a demon. <laughs> and they were like trying to cast a demon out of me. I kid you not. And I said, it's not. I said, it's God. I was just like, it's, it's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. Like, stop. You don't even know what you're doing. Like, this is, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm 15 years old trying to tell all these grown women. They're freaking out. I get it. I'm a child. You know what I mean? They're trying to take care of me. But God was moving in me and through me. And that was when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how it's going to happen for you. But what I do know is that you will receive the Holy Spirit if you ask. God gives good gifts to his kids. Amen? It's a gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. The only thing you do have to do is want and hunger, right? You have to actually ask. And so it says, ask and you shall receive. Shall. Not maybe. It's not ask and you might receive. If I feel like it that day, you know, if you're good enough. If your prayer's long enough, maybe, you know, seek and you might potentially find, knock, and I'll decide if I want to open the door if I'm feeling good that morning, you know? Like, no. Asking you shall, seeking you will, knocking the door will. Jesus said, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say some of you, he said all of you. You received your salvation by faith. How do you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? It's in the same way, by faith. Some of you might speak in tongues. Praise God. And people say, you know, like there's every single instance in the, in the New Testament when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, for the most part anyway, they either spoke in tongues or prophesied. There's usually a way that you can tell. At the end of the day, like just don't worry about it. Like stop thinking about it and just think about Jesus. Like, just go after God. That's the only prerequisite. Belief in Jesus and your hunger and expectation level. That is it. 
And so that might happen today, but I'm telling you, it might happen for you when you're by yourself later. Sometimes I'm speaking in tongues in my home office at the house. I'll be sitting there, and Lindsay probably hears it every once in a while, but I turn my music up super loud, okay? So I'm like bumping that worship music in my office at home, and I'm just in there, and the first thing that I usually say is I say a very powerful prayer. I say this. I say, come Holy Spirit. That's all you got to do. You say, come Holy Spirit. Would you fill me? Come, Holy Spirit, would you be in me and through me? And, and, and God, would you work miracles in my life? I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you to lead me, Holy Spirit. I don't want to be led by my own thoughts and my own ways, but I want to be led by you. So, Holy Spirit, would you lead me and direct my every step? Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me up, God. Fill this house. Fill this room that I'm in right now. I'll come into this church sometimes, and I will stand right here, and I will pray for you a couple days before you even get here. And I say, God, would you just fill this room, Holy Spirit? Move in this place. We had people praying here this morning for you. You know what they were praying? Come, Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is pray the same thing. So I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but I believe if you receive it by faith, it might happen here. It might happen when you get home. It might happen a couple days from now. You just keep on praying and keep on believing and receive the Holy Spirit by faith. The tongues thing will come eventually if it doesn't happen right now. I'm telling you, it will. It's for everybody. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than every single one of you, and I do the same thing. But it's not about that. It's about the power and authority that comes with it to be a witness for Jesus. Are we good? Okay. Worship team, y'all go ahead and come on out. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, would you just touch somebody right here, right now? Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you fill them just as you filled me? Would you fill them the same way that you filled Jesus? That you gave him power and authority. Thank you, Lord. Guys, you gotta remember Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. You gotta remember that. He said the Son by himself can do nothing. I just look to what the Father says and I do that. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Every single miracle he did. Was he fully God? Yes. Was he fully man? Yes. But he chose to live as a man and to work his miracles as a man, fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. If Jesus did his miracles as God, it would just be something where you could look at and be like, that sounds cool. Good for you, Jesus. But when he does it as a man surrendered to the Holy Spirit and the power of God, listening to what the Father tells him to do, now he gives you and I a model to follow. Like we are supposed to be like Christ, right? That's what we always say. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Christ. But then it's like, except for the miracles and except for the Holy Spirit and except for all this other stuff, because that was just for Jesus. Where do you find that in your Bible? That's not anywhere. But that's how it gets taught in a lot of places. Not at this church. No, no, no. That power and authority, Jesus said, all the power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. You have that power and authority when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to see miracles and signs and wonders in your life, to see that son and daughter that is far away from God, to come back to God. 
to see bodies healed and mental health restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Like, listen, it's crazy because people will say, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, then people will say that you didn't receive the Holy Spirit. But you do speak in tongues, people will say you faked it. <laughs> it's like, I don't care about that. I'm like William Seymour right now. I'm just like, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Man, just seek after God. Do you want more of God in your life? If the answer is yes, then stand up and let's get more of God. Let's pray. Let's seek after him in this place. Let's lift our voices to him. You know, like, let's just go after it. So many people just thinking too much about stuff, man. You're just, your brain is getting in the way of God doing something in your heart. And if you would just, I don't want to hear me and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying just blindly follow and don't ever think. That's not what I'm saying. But when you overthink things, like the disciples, when they started speaking in tongues, who actually did the speaking? The disciples. I know the first thought is, well, it was God. It was God through them. But God doesn't just go up to them and be like, all right, time to speak in tongues. <laughs> It's time to prophesy now. <laughs> they had to open their mouths in faith and speak out the things that was in their heart. Yeah. So you got to say something today. You got There's power in your words and in your tongue. And when you speak with authority and you speak the promises of God over you and over your family and over your life, you say, God, you promised that the Holy Spirit would come in the book of Joel. When you prophesied that you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, you promised the Holy Spirit through John the Baptist who said that there would be one that would come that I am not even worthy to untie his sandals and he would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to the disciples and to us that we will be baptized in the Holy Spirit a few days from now. And come on, I believe that you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you just open your mouth and pray. You just got to want more of God. And I'm sick and tired of believers, I mean, like walking around, like just like no power and no authority. Just a bunch of dead Christians, man. What is the point? What is the point? When you could have power and authority, why would you not want that? Because you're letting your mind get in the way. That's why. You've been taught that it's not for you. You've been taught, you've had a bad experience with the Pentecostal church before. I have too. I'm right there with you. I have church hurt too. Okay, I'm, I'm right there with you. It doesn't change the truth of the gospel. It doesn't change the truth of scripture. So we're gonna sing a song here today. And I'm gonna, I'm telling you, I want you to just sing this song out. You might not even know it. But it's it just declaring that the atmosphere is changing, that the spirit of the Lord is here, that God is moving and we're welcoming the Holy Spirit. Basically, this entire song is us saying, come Holy Spirit. That's what the whole song is. We're going to sing this together. And then at the end, I want you if, you, if that's you and you want more God, I want you to come to the front at the end of this song. And we're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I just want you to open up your heart today. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just open up your mouth and open up your heart and ask for more of God. We'll sing this song in just a moment.
I asked Pastor Tim if I could lead this song today, and reluctantly he said yes. <laughs> but it's kind of a close to my message. I want to sing this song over you. I feel like it closes it well. So if you know it, if you don't, it's easy to learn. I just want, can everybody lift our hands in this place? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you here today. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. The atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Yeah. The atmosphere is changing now. Do you believe it? Come on. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. Yeah. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Yeah. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our 
different now, not because of the music, not because of the lights, not because of anything that we've done or anything that I've said today, but simply because you promised that your Holy Spirit would come. If there is a group of people that would get together and pray for the Holy Spirit to fall upon this place, God, that you will respond. You promised me that you'd do it. And so right here, right now, today, church, if that's you and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and walk in power and authority with Jesus Christ today, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to get in an aisle. I want you to come down here to the front. We have some people ready to pray along with you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in power and authority. Come on, come on up. Come on up right now. Holy Spirit, come.
If you can't find a spot, just step out into the aisle. Make some room for people. Come on to the front. Come on through here. Come on in. Come on in. Fill up the front. Come all the way up. Hey, just take a step of faith. Come on up. All the way, all the way, all the way. Just take a step. God wants you to take a step today. Fill all the way through here. All the way over here. Come on, guys. Come on. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe. We're going to believe.
Come on, just lift up your praise in this place today. All across this room. Come on, let's worship Jesus. Hey, there's just, there's something powerful about opening your mouth and just speaking out your love for God. There's something powerful. Your words are powerful. You know that. The Word of God says that, that your words are very, very powerful. And you have the power of life and death within your tongue. And if you want life, you got to speak life. You speak death over yourself or you just hold it back, right? Because you feel like, hey, I don't want to say anything right now. No, no, no. Man, let's just worship Jesus for a second. Let's lift up our praise to him. It doesn't have to sound like me. It doesn't have to sound pretty like Pastor Tim. It's just got to sound like you talking to God. So for another few minutes, let's just worship Jesus in your own words. You can sing. You can pray. Whatever it might be. But I just want everybody in this place. Come on, let's lift up our voice to Jesus. He's worthy of it. The Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what the person next to me looks like or what they sound like. But I'm just going to worship Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this place. Holy Spirit, would you come? Move in this the same thing you did in me would you do in them the same thing you did in the upper room would you do here the same thing you did with the the disciples at Cornelius's house the the Gentiles at Cornelius's house the disciples in Ephesus the same thing that you did in them would you do it here right here right now God baptize us in your spirit right now for power and authority that we would see miracles in us and through us God and not keep it to ourselves but that we will be a light to a lost and dark world Lord thank you God that you're doing powerful things in us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, there's some people here today. Look up at me if you're here at the front and you're praying or if you're out here and you wanna, you wanna believe for God to do this for you too, let me just encourage you. I don't know when it's gonna happen for you, but if you seek, you will find, amen? Like don't, don't, you receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. So you go home and you don't be discouraged if you didn't speak in tongues right now, okay? You just go home and you pray on your own. You go home and you believe that you've received by faith. And man, I promise you, you just keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying. God is not stingy with his gifts. He loves to give gifts. He's the best dad you've ever had. You might have had a terrible dad. You might have a great dad. God is better than all of them. And my dad's in the room. Praise God. (laughs) Let me tell you. You ask, you will receive. If you've been filled before, but you know that you need to be refilled again, God will do it. Time and time again throughout the uh, book of Acts, they get refilled with the Spirit of God and refilled with the Spirit of God. Refilled again. You can go read it for yourself. We'll get there in a few weeks. But I'm telling you, if you've received before, but you're on E, you're on empty, right? This is also for you. Okay? I, I know I need it. Jesus needed it. The disciples needed it. The early church needed it. Azusa Street in 1906, praying for miracles. They needed it. 
what God did in Wales. Come on, through Smith Wigglesworth. You don't need, that's a funny name. You don't even know who that is. That dude would literally go around. He's so full of the spirit. He, God would tell him, this is what he said. He's like, God told me to punch you and you'll receive your healing. He'd smack him right in the chest and they would receive healing in the name of Jesus. It's like, I promise I will not punch you, okay, in the name of Jesus. I swear I will not do that. But the dude was just so full of spirit. He had so much faith that he would do wild, crazy things and God would honor it. It was nuts. So let me tell you, go home and you pray and you seek after God. They prayed for 10 days in the upper room before the Holy Spirit came. I don't know what it's gonna look like for you, but God will do it, amen? Amen. All right, Father God, I thank you for every person here. I worship you and I thank you that you're baptizing them in your spirit the same way that I was when I was 15 years old and I've been refilled and refilled and refilled ever since. God, I need your presence. We wanna be led by your presence. God, we wanna see healings in the name of Jesus. I don't want cancer to even be a word that is allowed in this room because it, it, just, it would be scared to even walk in here. I want the devil to be afraid of radical church. I want the devil to be afraid of these people here right now because they walk in so much authority. We're not afraid of the devil. He's afraid of me. I wish that you would try to mess with me. And I wish that you would try to put opposition against our church. I wish that you would try something because then we will just have even more opportunity to worship our God who is greater than he who lives in this world. No weapon formed against me will prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're here at the front and you would like to keep praying, we'll be uh, playing here as we're opening up for next service, guys. God bless you.